morning. morning. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. My name is Barbara Gerald. I am the chaplain here. Today is what we call Artist Sunday. It's a special occasion that many of us have grown to anticipate. In this once-a-year event, every element of the worship service except this one will be accomplished by the sharing of some individual's art, whether word, music, movement, or a combination of these. We're pleased to have you with us today. This church welcomes everyone who cares to worship with us, whatever your theological or political persuasions, whatever your age, race, origin, background, orientation, gender, or, uh, or background, and we welcome questions about the great issues of life. As we move into the body of this worship experience, we invite the wondrous source of all silence and sound, stillness and movement, form and formlessness, vision, color, and darkness, to fill this space and these hearts present in this hour with deeper life. Enjoy the service. All that is, is one. All that is, is of the same substance, though the forms are many. In the inmost heart of being is a dance of energy, matter, a flickering dance. It is the same with all things. In the inmost heart of every atom of being is a flickering dance of matter, energy, energy, matter, the same substance, though the forms may differ. We are connected by that sameness. Edges are an illusion. Where is the place of edges? Where is the place where this flesh ends and that object begins? Where is the place where I end and you begin. Where is the place of edges? Where is the time when connection ends? All is connected, has always been and shall always be connected. The code, the pattern that shapes the form the living form, is connected in time. We are connected in time, each entity, each of us connected in an unbroken line to the beginning, whenever, wherever, and however that was. God, if we choose to call it God, or Goddess, if we choose, or Godness, 
or God-ing, or the source, or the force, or simply the wonder, the awe, the mystery lives, lives in the heart of the atom, lives in the dance and the flickering dance, lives in the connections between matter and matter, lives in the connections between energy and energy, lives in the connections between then and now in whichever direction. As we find ourselves in harmony with this dance, God lives in us, and we in God, and we are one. Amen, and blessed be. We light this chalice for the blessing of this moment and for the precious and sometimes tricky gift of memory. They say that smell is the strongest trigger of memory, but if you have too many memories come at you from the inside of a dumpster, you may not have had the easiest childhood. Not long ago, however, a dumpster run became a sweet, nostalgic experience. Following a saga that is another story for another day, the church's old electric organ lay dismantled and discarded in the dumpster. The organ had vacuum tubes, much like an old TV set. When I opened the dumpster that morning, I was greeted with that smell, not the usual malodorous horror, but in its place, my childhood. That slightly burnt, warm, mildly electrical smell that was Sunday nights in pajamas, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, Topo Gigio, Eddie Kiss Me Goodnight, and the once yearly broadcast of The Wizard of Oz, all in shades of gray when we had to take the yellow brick road on faith. All of these magical images rose from and receded back into the tiniest white light before that final fade to black. And all of that I remembered but I'd forgotten that smell, or that old TVs even had a smell. And I wondered, if I could forget that so completely, what else had I lost in memory, and how would I know? A short time before I found my childhood in the dumpster, I was stopped by the police on my way back to Shreveport from Natchitoches, where I had attended a performance of my daughter Delia at NSU. Ma'am, said the earnest young officer, do you know why I stopped you? Come to think of it, I didn't. I was checking missed calls on my cell phone when I suddenly noticed the flashing red and blue lights behind me. I hate that sick feeling of not knowing how long they've been there. <laughs> was I speeding? Sadly, this is often a good guess. No, ma'am. Were you aware that you were weaving in your lane? Oh, gosh, no. How embarrassing. I was checking my cell phone. <laughs> ma'am. I'm going to have to ask you to step out of the car. Great. So here's the Sunday school director on a Sunday evening just south of Shreveport on the side of I-49 taking the drunk test. I had not been drinking, and yet there I was. Ma'am, hold your arms out to the side, close your eyes, and touch your nose like this. And he demonstrated. I remembered at that moment a wise admonition. The officer is not amused if you touch his nose. Good advice, touched my own nose, no problem. 
Ma'am, would you recite the alphabet backward? Well, I hadn't spent all that time over the years in preschool classrooms for no good reason. Sure, no problem. Z, Y, X, W, V, U, T. Okay, ma'am, that's fine. I think I'm doing really well. This is almost fun, except for that whole police on the side of the road thing. Ma'am, would you please follow this light with your eyes? He holds up a pen light and begins to move it slowly from side to side. I think I am complying. Just your eyes he suddenly says firmly. Oh, okay. I concentrate really hard on not moving my head. And then he says to me, have you had a recent head injury? (laughs) What an odd question, I think. And for some reason I will never quite understand. I answer quickly, not to my knowledge. And then right away, I think that's a ridiculous answer, and I very quickly amend it. I mean, no, no, I'm sure I haven't. I mean, obviously, I'd know if I'd had a recent head injury. And then, with a voice inside screaming, no, no, stop talking, don't talk anymore, stop talking now, I still said, but then again, maybe I really wouldn't know if I'd had a recent head injury. And though I honestly can't remember if I said this next part out loud, I know I thought, and I like to think that I said, it's an intriguing question. (laughs) Amazingly, I was let go with a warning. A warning not only not to weave in my lane, but a warning that life is short, that memory can be fleeting at best, and can also be a treasure so lost you forget you ever had it. May you find vacuum tubes in the dumpster just when you need them, But because you may not, may you live fully in the blessing of this moment, here, now, in this time and place to which you can never return. Take it from someone who may or may not have had a recent head injury. (laughs) Now is all you get.
Transcendence from the Barnwell to the Boat Launch, selected readings. Walden Window. The rain smells through my window of dust. The summertime kind that's sweet with life suspended in air, like people between science and mysticism. The glass barrier separates the rain from its smell, its touch from my touch. But the plink, plink penetrates my senses the way Thoreau lived when he walked on trees. Now, though, the trees are gone and concrete streets smell of summer's dust while Thoreau walks among the thousand things at the center which surrounds us all. Eden under a riverboat. A soft current of hair ruffled by a fish-scented breeze floating across the white cap breakers. The end of afternoon a summer's day search for some remnant of a divine nature. So little is left in the construction along an asphalt path to Mammon's place. Still, there is the breeze and ripples in a river to reveal God's face for a Sunday service. Epitaph. Pecking at civilized seed under the infrastructure of a man-made Eden, dozens of rock doves amid purple martins, jibber-jabbered claims to hand-painted nests, a blackberry's white face. Below Browning Bluff, topped with trains and wells, a bleached ochre bank sparkles with bird song. Warning in a tree reminds us that Thoreau is as long gone as the America he loved. Progress Park. No place for nature in an architect's park with designer concrete fountains and steel barriers lit at night by aluminum blooms that serve to remind me of trees that used to be full of laughter in leaves. Now children squeal where waters splash, but no mockingbirds sing. No squirrels scamper to see Thoreau fade away like Neverland people who lived only in books except he wrote those in hopes that someone would care. Bird on a Limb Why does a mockingbird sing its repertoire of autumn airs from a limb overlooking its own history's evident end? The street on which it thrives has red brick bones shone through holes in its black hide and sneezeweed peeking from cracks. In the background, a newspaper plant grows in a time-dried lake where ancestral birds nested on banks with Indians and transcendentalists. 
All their gods failed them, and time turns its back on every belief as civilizations come and crumble like songs that change with the seasons. When he died, Thoreau became bigger than a pond, a season, a year to eternity, a seed under a melon hut, to walk with the gods, the leaders of peace, you, me, tomorrow, as a bright shadow that understands all and nothing is cheap. Thank you.
welcome to yourselves. For that's all we all really are. Gaia's lamps have all grown dim, buried in plastic, psychotic dreams. Deminner hides in desert sand, chaos again to reign supreme. Lightning bugs have all grown dark and cricket notes now never heard, as moths with joy no longer fly to dance on moonlight, very air, where the night has laid its heavy cloak to swallow all so dark and deep that life light's paths are now unseen. Oh, come for those furies we need to unbind these hands of death whose fingers grip and grab us all to fill with this a hollow breath as dust sleeps us all on ocean floor. Poetry has replaced my ability to draw thanks to my second stroke, I'm no victim. And we've all had experiences viewing art and being involved in things that we didn't maybe not even realize was art that become timelines for us all. In an exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum, in an exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum stood I and Van Gogh silently in a field of ivy with the thunder of his life for over an hour or more. Came then quiet tears, oh so sweet, not bitter, as I protected by a rope of silk the guard placed at my back, Came then a muse with hair of flowing red to touch my hand as she led me to sup a cup. Came then we to know each other, dancing upon a bed of leaves, reflecting a thousand shades of emerald green within the music of our hands. Came then such immeasurable times, shimmering visions filled with golden light, infiltration unbound, conferring on all a living, weaving passion flowing as into one. Memory lingers deep to warm my roots. Her name was never heard upon our breath. And image gaze always fills a place in me. This path I walk in a field of ivy will always be. to Western religion, Eastern religion, the Hindus say you have four paths or phases in your life. You're a child. You learn from your parents, from your teachers, from your life, and you become a youth who takes all that learning and forms it into a destiny of fate, figures out where you are, where you'll go, and you become your own person. Then you share what you've gained as your child and your youth and join in a family. Many people have a family with their children and raise them up as they were raised. Or you join a family like all souls. But you have a family, 
And the final phase, you become a forest dweller. I'm about to become a forest dweller. (laughs) I retire from my job. My last work day, 29 days from now, is October 1st. And then I'll be substitute teaching down in the country, one mile from Natchitoches Parish in Bienville Parish, about 70 miles from here. But uh, this, the reason I bring this up is because when you become a family, I personally had three boys. And then when the kid's mom left, I had three boys. And then when the three boys were grown, I said, well, I guess I'll be a forest dweller. But I got a new family. I got All Souls. And All Souls has been a wonderful family for me. And one of the things I love about them is they're so inclusive. It's the big difference between this church and any other is that they accept everyone, every theology, every idea on life. And that's what they teach their children is to include in their pillars. And your children come here in these pillars and the teachers are teaching them in world religion to include all religion. And then you learn so much inclusiveness here in spiritual and social things. And just imagine, if you would, that you're uh, in one of, you peek into one of these RE rooms and they're teaching inclusiveness And this time they're talking about physical things. And they might tell you, Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour. It's orbiting at 19 miles a second, so it's reckoned round a sun which is the source of all its power. The sun and you and me and all the stars that we can see are moving at a million miles a day in an outward spiraling arm at 40,000 miles an hour. Of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. Our galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars. It's a hundred thousand light years side to side. It bulges in the middle sixteen thousand light years thick. While out by us is but three thousand light years wide. We are 30,000 light years from galactic central point, which we go round every 200 million years. And our galaxy is only one of millions and billions in this amazing and expanding universe. The universe itself keeps on expanding and expanding 
in all of the directions. It can whiz as fast as it can go. The speed of light, you know, 12 million miles a minute. The fastest speed there is. So remember, if you're feeling very small and insecure, how amazingly unlikely was your birth. And pray that there's intelligent life somewhere up in space. Cause there's bugger all down here on this earth. Thank you. One of the things I love about that song is at the end it talks about us being a part of the big thing and then coming back down here where we really don't take up all the space that's out there for us to take up. But we could if we opened up our mind to who we really are. And that's why I would like to introduce you to Sam Audi the Pirate. Avast ye swabbies! Shiver of your timbers! Hoist the missing mast, or I'll make ye walk the plank! I used to think relationships were as two ships at sea with cannon tamped with rope to volley link twixt you and me. Should link impair me rudder, I jettison that line to hold me course toward me goal where treasure is all mine. <laughs> I used to think of all souls shipping out upon that sea as waves which solely separate soul, ego, shunning sea through thoughts, which through their thinking think of separation, though. Thoughts would not be so false for their thinking. Thoughts would know. I used to think. Now thinking one sees as a parlor game. Thought separates one's oneness, making sundry from one's same. Thought sharks life's realizing one's becomings. All around, in total union with the wherewithal, where thoughts are bound. I used to think to pen this truth. It bites as Arctic freeze, as polar bear in blizzard, white enlightenment decrees this cold, hard fact that words. And thoughts and lives sail not apart, but rather merge, as each iceberg out on the sea embarks. 
amused. To think me ship would sail until I reached me port, where I would be at ease at home at some island resort. Ha! Me ship has sank. Me thinking thanked. Wind's gone. The waves are too. Eyes off the plank in seas still grave. Tis peace, tis bliss, tis true.